Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Phil is in for a checkup and he turns 50 next year. He has become more anxious about his health. While he tries to eat in a healthy way and takes a multivitamin every day, his only form of exercise is to get in a round of golf or two with his buddies every weekend. He will have an occasional cigar and has a few drinks afterwards, but otherwise he doesn't smoke or get any other form of regular exercise. He feels well, although his weight has been slowly increasing, and his wife complains about his daily drinks after work. On exam today, his blood pressure is 138 over 84, and his BMI is 29.5. What's the best evidence that you can give Phil today to maximize his likelihood of a prolonged, disease-free life? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and the founding chairman from the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Medical School, Bay State, in Springfield, Massachusetts. Bob, what a great topic to talk about. Yes, hi, Frank. It absolutely is. You know, patients are often coming in asking about the latest supplements, but I really thought this was wonderful because there was a, I was intrigued by this recent GEMA publication that kind of looked at the big picture. Um, these researchers sought to answer the question about which healthy lifestyle measures were associated with years lived without a major chronic disease. And uh, so I thought, wow, that's a good question to ask now, isn't it? And uh, so they did that performing a prospective multi-cohort study. They looked at 12 European studies as part of uh, uh, this uh, meta-analysis uh, that they did. So within this, there were uh, 100 and, over 116 116,000 people were free of major uh, non-communicable disease at the baseline in 1991, and they uh, were followed for about 15 years. Uh, and this data then was collected here in uh, 2018 for their, for their data analysis. So the outcomes looked at the number of years between ages 40 and 75 without chronic disease, and what they define chronic disease as uh, type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, stroke, cancer, asthma, and COPD. Wow. All right, so this is a this is a huge bit of data over, recorded over a long period of time. Um, what what did they find about these major chronic illnesses uh, that we see in our office all the time? How did they assess patients' lifestyle in relationship to these diseases? Yeah, so that's a good question. So the, the, the lifestyles they were actually looking at, and they did a review of the literature to try and look at what the important lifestyle issues were related to chronic diseases, and they came up with four uh, that they looked at: smoking. Uh, BMI level, physical activity, and alcohol. And what they did with this is they uh, allotted points for each of these, and they came up with a fairly complex scoring system. But for example, um, optimal for smoking was none. Uh, intermediate was a former smoker, and, and uh, poor was a current smoker. BMI, optimal, less than 25. Obviously, poor greater than 30. Uh, physical activity, optimal was the latest recommendations we've had for uh, two and a half or more hours per week of a moderate level of activity, poor would be none or very little. And then alcohol I thought was intriguing because optimal was your, for women, um, you know, one to two drinks a day, for men, one to three drinks a day. Poor was being more than that. 
Intermediate was no alcohol. They thought intermediate risk was no alcohol. So optimal was actually having a having a little uh, 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 having a couple of drinks a day. Wow! Can you talk a little bit more about about alcohol being a uh, an issue here? I I do find it interesting that none was intermediate, but you got more points for for drinking more. Yeah, it's <laughs> well. The uh, I actually like studies that show this because I certainly enjoy my glass of wine every day, and I, and I think that the data out there is uh, consistent with what we know about alcohol, or what we are still trying to understand around alcohol as to what's the optimal level. And and and, and is no. Some of the studies show that people with no alcohol, maybe those are sicker people to begin with. That's why they're not drinking. It's really hard to tease that um, to tease that out. Uh, but anyways, look at this study here. The um, by the way, the, the about sixty percent of these. Uh, Study inhabitants were women. Mean age was uh, 43.7 with a standard deviation of uh, 10. And the mean follow-up was 12 and, a half, uh, 12 and a half years. Over that period of time, uh, over 17,000 of these folks developed a chronic disease. And they actually found a linear association between this overall, overall lifestyle score and the number of disease-free years. So basically, a one-point improvement in their score was associated with about an increase of uh, one year of, uh, of disease-free uh, um, existence. And so that was, uh, that was pretty neat. So if you actually had the optimal lifestyle score, you lived almost 10 additional years without chronic disease as part of that. So um, in many ways, I would say the results were not surprising. They found that the healthy lifestyle was one that avoided tobacco. Clearly, that's easy to understand. Had an optimal level of alcohol intake. Those maintained a regular activity level and kept their BMI less than 25. However, if you look at the four lifestyle profiles, the one that was associated with the highest number of disease-free year, all of them included the BMI of less than 25. A BMI of less than, that was a key factor. And then, of course, two of the other factors were, uh, would factor into it, whether it was never smoking, physical activity or your moderate uh, alcohol activity. So participants with at least one of these lifestyle profiles reached into the early 70s disease-free, depending on their profile and their uh, 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 whether male or female. For our regular listeners, you may remember that Dr. Baldor shared the story many years ago of his grandfather who rode his bike every day to church and lived well into his 90s. But on closer examination, it looked like it was his couple glasses of wine per day that may have led him to have a long and, and uh, disease-free life. Is that right, Bob? Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I'm hoping that was the factor because I'm not one to be riding my bike to church. Every no, day. you're not. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, this study begs for an outstanding, you know, simple chart that we can hang in every exam room that says, if you want to live well, Taking a multivitamin isn't going to help you. If you want to live well, you know, many of the medicines we use um, can help for certain disease-specific issues. But the real key to living well is not smoking, get your weight under control, be active, and don't be uh, worried uh, about alcohol. I, I mean, I think this is so reaffirming to what we do every day, yet we just need probably some better tools. Um, how do you go about addressing, let's say, the BMI issue in the office, Bob? 
Yeah, I mean, clearly that is uh, important. And I mean, obviously, so we're, you know, we're talking about our, our patient here. You, you mentioned Phil. I mean, number one, I would avoid, t- see if we can get him to get rid of that, even those couple of cigarettes a week, avoiding that tobacco, but really focusing with them, using motivational interviewing techniques, emphasizing the importance of maintaining uh, a normal body weight. Uh, and, and so I think that that's really where the bang for the buck is, uh, if you look at this. You know, the study didn't look at things like LDL levels and so on. I mean, it looked at global factors. And so how do we actually get people I think spending more time focusing on counseling around a healthy lifestyle. I love that the activity was a piece of this as well, and getting people out, getting them active is going to do a whole host of benefits for their health, uh, whether physical and mental in my mind. I, I, I agree. When I look at this, it reminds me so much of sort of that Southern European lifestyle. Taking a 30-minute walk after your evening meal every day was a tradition through many cultures that we've we've lost. Um, it's okay to have some alcohol. Smoking kind of creeped in following the Second World War, but prior to that was pretty uncommon. And very few people had BMIs that were in the overweight or obese range. So, I, Bob, I, I love this paper. I'm going to try to figure out a graphic that, that, uh, that we can all share and, and uh, make this just the center point of, of most of my discussions with patients. They all worry if their A1C is too high or their, their uh, systolic blood pressure is a little bit off. The real focus is getting these other issues under control and, and helping people live a longer and disease-free life. Thank you very much. This is terrific. Yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, you know, being active and keeping your BMI in control is going to take care of the blood pressure and the A1C and all those other factors. This is where the, this is where the bang for the buck is. Take care, Frank, and good luck with your daily exercise and that glass of wine. Thank you, Bob. Bye-bye. Practice pointer, when counseling patients about lifestyle changes, the best evidence shows that the greatest benefit comes from not smoking tobacco, limiting alcohol consumption to a modest level, keeping physically active, and maintaining a BMI less than 25. Join us next time when we discuss how aspirin can be safely used to prevent venous thromboembolism after knee or hip surgery. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.